Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't easy, and it wasn't, wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't relaxing. It wasn't a stroll in the park on Sunday. But at the end of the day, your Miami Dolphins are the champions of the Tua Bowl. The Dolphins. We are the champions. The Dolphins. My friend. Dolphins escaping Hard Rock Stadium. Escaping Hard Rock Stadium with a 17-16 to loss to the Washington Redskins. A game that I think if you are, you know, sort of like we are, a team that is in favor, uh, you know, a person that is in favor of this team just doing whatever they need to do to get through the season and get the number one pick, this game went about as good as you could possibly hope that it could go. Because you got, I think, a lot of answers about some things. And I think you also got, uh, you saw some improvement. In certain areas, there were certainly some players on this Dolphins team who we saw some improvement and growth from. Uh, Mark Walton had a big game. I, th- I think he may have been the MVP of this game for the Dolphins. Uh, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon McMillan continuing to make strides. Uh, I think that's really good stuff as far as like players showing improvement. Matt Hawk with a big game. The punting goat, Matt Hawk. Had a big game. It's always exciting to talk about when your punter's having a good game, but he did well. And uh, listen, I said it on the preview show. I said this game was going to go a long way to to letting me decide one way or the other definitively if Josh Rosen was going to be the guy. And I think after today's game, the answer, it's set in stone. It's set in stone. Josh Rosen is not the guy for this team. And there's nothing that he could do over the remainder of the season that would prevent the Dolphins from drafting a quarterback in the first round of this draft. Aside from winning football games. I mean, okay, sure. If he miraculously turns it around <laughs> and the Dolphins finish the season 11-5, and five, okay. Well, no, my, the, my concern would be winning, you know, two or three football games. I, because, look, in all, in all likelihood, we're going to get the number one pick. And obviously, if we get the number one pick, it's Tua. There's a conversation to be had if we don't get the number one pick. And that's why it's important to to just evaluate week to week and see where things are when we get to the end of the season. Because if, by some tragedy, we don't have the number one pick, um, it means that probably we've gotten some decent quarterback play along the way. Now, whether that's because we've benched Josh Rosen, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, or if it's because Josh Rosen has played better, 
Um, and then you've got to start evaluating, well, okay, obviously we like Tua, but who's the number two quarterback in this draft? Is it, is it Jordan Love? Is it Herbert? Is it, is it Burrow? Is it Fromm? I, I don't, I don't know, but like the, the consensus seems to be that Tua has kind of separated even further from the pack so far this season. Joe Burrow's kind of the new kid on the block as far as being considered for, for this, uh, you know, being drafted in the first round. But, you know, you've gotta, you gotta then evaluate, okay, well, Obviously, we like Tua better than Rosen, but where does Rosen compare to these other guys? And if, let's say you end up with like, you know, the number two pick and and Tua goes number one, at that point, you know, are any of those guys worthy of being taken with the number two pick? Do you trade down and then hope that maybe you've got, maybe you grab somebody with the Steelers pick? If the guy that you want isn't there with the Steelers pick, you know, do you just use the picks that you have to build the team around Josh Rosen and continue to build? Now, if that's going to be the plan, Josh Rosen is going to have to play a lot better. And from what we've seen so far, that looks to be a terrible plan because Josh Rosen does not look the part of being a franchise quarterback. But outside of Tua, none of those other quarterbacks appear to be a sure thing. And so it's a risky proposition. Obviously, yes, you'd rather have, you know, you keep grabbing quarterbacks until you find one, which I, I think that's the justification of why we trade for Rosen in the in the first place, because I, I think most people would say, well, you know, Josh Rosen probably wasn't going to succeed here anyway, but when you're trading a late second uh and a and a fifth for for him, you say, well, you know, there's a chance. So, like, let's just get him in there. He's on a cheap contract. And then, uh, you know, if we get Tua, great. And if we don't get Tua, then maybe it's Rosen. Or at the very least, you got a competition or something like that. Rosen has put himself... When you say things couldn't have gone much better, the only way things could have gone better in this game is if Josh Rosen would have played better. If Josh Rosen would have played a better game and we still would have lost in the same kind of fashion, then th- this would be a better result because then you're coming out of it and you're saying, well, okay, well, Josh Rosen has improved his stock. Uh, you know, potentially he's a franchise guy. Worst case scenario, he's increased his trade value. The problem that I see right now with the Josh Rosen thing is that if somebody was to offer you a trade for Josh Rosen, you know, after we traded Jeremy Tunsil and the, and the tank was fully established that that was the point. Did you just say Jeremy Tunsil? No, I said Laramie oh, Tunsil. Did I say It Jeremy? sounded like Jeremy Tunsil. Well, I obviously Laramie Tunsil, it's a little early in the morning. Jeremy I'm Tunsil only, sounds yeah, like yeah. like the third-rate cousin of Laramie Tunsil, who like sort of looks like him. So they put him in they put him in the offensive line, but he's like literally his really his name should be Jeremy Turnstile. Because he's very bad at offensive line. Oh, so he's Jesse Davis. Yeah, he's basically Je- Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis, yeah. his alias is Jeremy Turnstile. Jesse Davis, aka Jeremy Turnstile. I like. But this. yeah, the the best uh, the best thing that could happen would have been Josh Rosen playing better because then 
right now, what would anybody trade for Josh? Right now, Josh Rosen has virtually no trade value. <laughs> uh, because it's, he's becoming more and more exposed and it do, doesn't appear to be a franchise quarterback. If somebody would have given you, if, if, if the Dolphins would have said, Hey, we're opening up shop, uh, right after the Laramie Tunsil trade, right before the start of the season, you might've gotten somebody to give you like a second round pick for him at this point. I mean, yeah, he's cheap and he's young, but at best, you're getting, what, a third or a fourth round pick? Nobody's given up anything for, for Josh Rosen right now. And so that, that's concerning. But, but aside from that, yeah, I agree. It was, uh, look, you, it was everything you want. You, you got a close game, so it kept you entertained for the full three. Out. Well, entertained might not be the right word because it was pretty boring for the first three quarters of the game. But at least you had a you had an interesting ending of the game. You had a little bit of excitement. You had some some young players playing well. Christian Wilkins improving. Uh, Raekwon McMillan continuing to flash. Kenyon Drake and Mark Walton playing better. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, you lose. And that was what it was all about. Yeah. And I want to follow up on this Rosen thing, because there are certain corners of Dolphins fandom that are fairly convinced that Josh Rosen should be built around. Now, I want to go back and I want to talk about the Tua thing first, right? You said, you know, none of these guys other than Tua look like they're a sure thing. Tua is not a sure thing either, but... Well, he, well, nobody is a sure thing, but he's about as close to it as you're going to get. He's probably the closest to a sure thing coming out of college since Andrew Luck. Yeah, that's what I, and that's what I'm saying. It's like when you're playing Texas Hold'em and you've got pocket aces, it's not a sure thing. But you're in a really good position. And that's sort of what Tua is. Tua is, at least the way he scouted, is pocket aces. And when the Dolphin, when you're in a position to set yourself up with pocket aces, you want to get you want to get those pocket aces. Now, of course, there's a chance that Tua is not the guy, but I want to just say this to all the people that are out there that are convinced that are that are because there's a certain segment of the population that is I'm not convinced that Tua is the answer. I'm not convinced that he's as great as everybody says he is. He's a college player. He's on the best team in college. And there's no way to translate being on the best team in college to being in the NFL where you have to face adversity and blah, 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 blah. Listen, it is a consensus thing among NFL scouts that this player is the truth and that he is significantly, he is rated significantly higher than any other quarterback in the draft. And as you said, he he's being scouted better than any other quarterback since Andrew Luck. And before that, it was probably John Elway. And nobody is saying that or, he's or going Peyton to come Manning. Into, Or Peyton Manning, right? He's being rated very, very highly. And honestly, if Tua can come into the NFL and play at a level for the Miami Dolphins that Andrew Luck did for the Colts, how do you say no to that? Yes, Andrew Luck never won a Super Bowl, but there was a lot other stuff going on there, you know, and 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 Luck ended up having to retire early. And there was a lot of mental baggage there and a lot of physical harm that was caused to him. Luck um, wasn't quite as mobile a quarterback as, as Tungabailoa is. Um, so 
I, I, I think if if the Dolphins were look put themselves at a situation where they end up with the number one draft pick, Tua is the guy that you have to pick. The rating, you know, it's it's all right there. And to to come back to the Rosen thing, because you have people that are convinced that Rosen is the guy or that Rosen is worth building around, he's not. And he hasn't shown anything over the past year plus with the Dolphins in Arizona that indicates to me that this is a guy who can be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. He can be a serviceable, possibly replacement level quarterback to come in and, and play off the bench if you if you need a backup. But it, there's just nothing about how this guy fails to read defenses. He he hears the footsteps in the pocket. He's trying. He's making bad decisions as far as throwing the ball into tight windows and and. It, giving up interceptions. Um, he seems to, you know, just really struggle in a lot of those sort of more mental aspects of the game. There's no doubt that the guy is a cannon and can fling the ball. But again, as we saw with Ryan Tannehill, if you have a quarterback who needs everything around him to be perfect in order to be successful, you're not going to win in this league. You're just not going to. And that's what it's appearing at this point that that's what Rosen is. He needs everything around him to be perfect in order to succeed. And I know that there are people that are going to say, well, what about the offensive line? The offensive line is terrible. The offensive line for the Miami Dolphins is really, really bad. And you can't really judge Josh Rosen based on how bad the offensive line is. And to that, I say the Dolphins pulled Josh Rosen in this game because he was 15 of 25 for 85 yards and two interceptions. His his quarterback rating was 32.9 in this game. The Dolphins pulled him, brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who played behind the same offensive line with the same talent all the way around him. And he went 12 of 18 for 132 yards and a touchdown when a quarterback rating of 106.7. Yes, it's fair to say that the supporting cast around Josh Rosen is terrible. That is accurate. But there is more that you can do. If he is the guy that's going to lead this quarter and lead this team forward at quarterback, he would show something. And he hasn't yet shown that ability to, in spite of everything else, make the players around him better. And that's what a great quarterback does. And he hasn't been able to do that. Yes, you could say, well, we'll look at Brady when when his offensive line is in trouble. Yes, okay, fine. But there were a lot of times where Josh Rosen had clean pockets and still made terrible decisions. You know, and you you can't do that. So I am I am not saying that the Dolphins need to move on from Josh Rosen and never play him again. I'm fine with Josh Rosen being the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. But at this point, I have not seen anything from him that indicates to me that the Dolphins should pass up on the opportunity to have pocket aces with the number one overall pick in next year's draft. Right. And that's not what what I was saying either. And I don't think, well... I'm sure that there are, I'm sure there are people, I'm sure there are people on the internet that are saying that, but like, look, obviously if the Dolphins get the number one pick, they're taking Tua. There's no doubt about that. People could argue till they're blue in the face and that's just, it, it doesn't matter. If we get the number one pick, they're, they're taking Tua. The question is if they don't get the number one pick, which is, it's a funny thing to, for us to be talking about after we won the Tua Bowl by losing this game, but we're still talking about it anyway. Uh, but if we don't get the number one pick, uh, you know, you call Tua pocket aces. Well, 
what are these other guys? You know, is, is Justin Herbert, what is he like a, like a, like, like ace jack, you know, yeah. is, I would, I would it, say it, Justin it, Herbert is about an ace jack. You know, Jordan Love, Jordan Love, is he like, you know, suited connectors, you know, high ceiling, but a, but a very low floor, you know, he's sitting there with like a, like an eight, nine suited, you know, sneaky good, but you know, you're gonna, you're gonna bet the farm on it. No, probably not. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, what is it? What is Joe Burrow? You know, is he pocket sixes? I, I don't know. Um, but then, then you got to start to evaluate, like, where do those, where are those guys in comparison to Rosen? And that's where it's, that's where it's, um, you know, you can have a conversation about, uh, you know, building around Rosen as being an option. Now, regardless, Rosen's going to need to play better for that to even be a possibility. But, uh, if Rosen plays decently well, and the Dolphins don't end up with the number one pick, and then you go in there, and then you've got to start to to make those those calls, those tough calls of is it are we better to build around Josh Rosen or one of these other quarterbacks? Obviously, if it's to a like you're not passing up on that, but uh, if it's another guy, just to put a pin in the Josh Rosen thing, currently thirty five. Players, 35 quarterbacks have, have attempted 14 passes or more in a game, which is the minimum to qualify for, uh, for QBR and passer rating. Um, currently of the 35 players that have thrown 14 or more passes, uh, so far this season, Josh Rosen is 35th in the NFL in quarterback rating at 52.0. Um, oddly enough, in 34th place at 60.1 is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And in 33rd place at 62.4 is our old friend Luke Falk. Tremendous. Tremendous banter with all the Dolphins-related players at the bottom of the QB rating pyramid right now. It's... Uh... Sad state of affairs. But anyway, that's that's the Josh Rosen thing. Let's move on from Rosen. We, we know now he's not the answer. If you disagree vehemently, I would love to hear what you've seen from Josh Rosen that makes you think he is worthy of not taking Tua. That's, that's the thing. I, you know, I understand you want to build around. And listen, there's certainly no guarantee that Tua, you know, Tua could change his mind tomorrow and decide he's not coming out of the draft. Certainly doesn't look that way, but it's a possibility. But I mean, you know, at this point, at this point, uh, I think the fair question to ask is who's better, Josh Rosen or Ryan Tannehill? And I think, honestly, from what we've seen, if you're saying Josh Rosen, you're being a blatant homer right now because Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has been better as a dolphin than, than Josh Rosen has shown so far. And I, and I mean, just going back to the beginning of Ryan Tannehill's career and he didn't have a great offensive line at the beginning of his career. Uh, so look, Rosen has done, but yeah, we're done with the Rosen thing for now. Uh, I will, I will, we'll talk about, well, maybe we should just talk about that now before we get into like positives and negatives. One thing that I wanted to say coming out of this, probably the most important thing is, where, where is the locker room right now on this quarterback situation? 
And where is Brian Flores on this quarterback situation? Because it's been talked about in the media a lot over the past couple of weeks about how while the fans are embracing the idea of the tank, the coaching staff and the players, you know, they reject this, which you want as a fan, you know, even though you want your team to lose, you know, logically, that it's not a good thing if your coaches or your players are actively trying to lose. So you don't want them coming out and saying, yeah, you know, we're trying to lose. Aside from the fact that they'd probably get fined and we'd probably lose a bunch of draft picks from the NFL uh, if, if we did that. But if they're legitimately trying to win games, how does Brian Flores justify starting Josh Rosen next week at Buffalo? That's a very good question, but Flores has said that Rosen is still going to be the starter going forward. Maybe he's shrugging, shrugging this off and saying it was a bad game, but he's he's giving Rosen the green light. Rosen is moving ahead as the quarterback. Don't know where the locker room is on this situation yet. Um, frankly, I don't know that it's terribly important as to where they're at as far as who's starting at quarterback because there are so many other problems with this team. Bobby McCain had a very frustrated rant after the game about he's getting sick and tired of losing. And that's good. You like to see that kind of fire from somebody. And Bobby McCain may be one of those guys who's still around as the rebuild begins in earnest next year. But uh, yeah, as of now, Flores says Rosen is still going to be the quarterback going forward. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And especially because this was probably the easiest game for a little while. The, The stretch does not get much better for the Dolphins as they get ready to travel to Buffalo next week. But before we do that, let's talk about some other um, takeaways from this game. So again, Dolphins losing 17 to 16. They they trailed 17 to 3 when uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick came in. He led the Dolphins immediately, almost immediately on a touchdown drive. Kalen Bellage popping into the end zone on a very short run to get the Dolphins within seven. And then late in the game, Fitzpatrick finds Devontae Parker in the end zone for a touchdown. The Dolphins are down 17 to 16. Rather than going for the tie and playing for overtime, Brian Flores elects to go for two. The aggressive play, trying to win the game. Brian Flores gets aggressive, tries the bubble screen to Kenyon Drake. Drake drops the ball and the two-point conversion fails. The ensuing onside kick fails as well. And the... Dolphins lose it 17 to 16. Regarding that screen pass to Kenyon Drake, he drops the pass. I don't even know that if he catches that pass, he's getting into the end zone. The Redskins seem to have it very well covered on that play. But anyway, the Dolphins fail at the two-point conversion and drop the game 17 to 16. Brand, give me your biggest. So we've talked about Rosen. So that aside, give me your biggest positive takeaways from this game. Uh, Just the defense as a whole. Um, look, they gave up a couple of long touchdown passes and that's not good. And they gave up a couple of big runs and that's not good. But by and large, uh, they, they were competitive in this game because the defense kept them in it. Um, the defense kept them in this game, uh, with some big stops in the, in the fourth quarter, uh, and just in general over the course of the game, aside from the two long touchdowns, the the defense held them in. Now, Washington is not a juggernaut of an offense, so it's hard to get 
too excited about it. But when you consider that Xavier and Howard didn't play in this game and that the idea probably would have been for Xavier and Howard to be shadowing McLaurin and McLaurin is the guy who caught the two long touchdown passes, you could probably make a good argument that if Xavier and Howard plays this game, the Dolphins win this game. And the Dolphins probably win this game and don't give up, you know, more than 10 points or so. Um, the defensive line, I thought, held their own. Uh, the linebackers played well. Uh, Raekwon McMillan is an absolute beast uh, at getting into the hole and, and stuffing a run. Uh, Christian Wilkins is looking a little bit better every week. He's still not like an impact player at this point. And that's, you you don't want to overstate things. At this point, five games into his NFL career, I think, you know, it would be pretty biased of me to say that he hasn't been at least a little bit of a disappointment. But we're seeing him improve. We're seeing him push his man into the line in this defense that's not about just one gap trying to get after the quarterback. It's more about, uh, you know, pushing his man into the pocket, standing up at the point of attack, uh, and then and then being able to either occupy a blocker or occupy a blocker and shed him and make the tackle. Uh, we're seeing uh, him improve. Uh, Mike Kosicki getting into the action pr- with his best game of the year. Uh, I think that's encouraging. And and Devontae Parker, I, I got to tell you right now, Devontae Parker is the best receiver on this team. And frankly, it's not close. It bears watching. You expect that Preston Williams is going to be a guy that they're going to be bringing back. Although he's been very up and down. You see the talent that Preston Williams has, but the inconsistency is impossible to ignore. Uh, he just is not... a you know, his his catch rate is atrocious right now. He, you know, if he's not dropping it, he's just not coming up with a tough catch. But Devontae Parker the last couple of weeks is showing that when you throw him the ball, he's going to come down with it. And that's not something that we've always been able to say about Devontae Parker. And he's always been a guy that's had the talent and he's starting to produce. Uh, and it, it bears watching because uh, he's on a contract that's, you know, kind of a team-friendly deal. They don't have to pay, but he is due. I believe it's eight million dollars next year. So it's. I mean, we obviously have the money to pay him uh, if if we if we choose. And I think he's going a long way towards towards earning that. So Devonte Parker definitely one of the the bigger bright spots in this one, and obviously uh, Mark Walton. And then the, just to throw out a conspiracy theory at you. Yes, you could say that Brian Flores was trying to go for the win there at the end, but maybe he was also going for the loss. And maybe, I mean, maybe it was a little bit of both where he's saying, look, like, let's either, let's go for it right here. We either win it. And if we win it, great. And if we don't get it, we lose it. Great. And then we ended up losing it. And then maybe Kenyon, I mean, I don't know what Kenyon Drake has to win by it, but, but maybe that play call. Uh, just kind of a strange play call to call there at the goal line on a two point conversion. Maybe they were thinking, Hey, we, we showed that, that we could go toe to toe with these guys. Now let's just put this one on the floor and, and, uh, take home our Tua Bowl trophy. 
Yeah, we showed that we could go toe-to-toe with the second worst team in the NFL, which is a very, very big improvement for the Miami Dolphins. Um, I want to throw a caveat in there. It didn't look like it for three quarters, (laughs) to be fair. No, it it was pretty bad most of the way. I I do want to say, I want to caveat your thought about the defense. I thought the run defense still left quite a bit to be desired. Dolphins came into this game knowing that the Redskins were going to try to run run the ball down their throat, and they still gave up 145 yards. Uh, on the ground to the Redskins. Adrian Peterson on 23 carries had 118 yards. Looked like he was 25 years old again against this Dolphins defense. So I want to say the run defense is still a struggle for the Dolphins, while the defense overall, I think, may have been better. The the run defense was still sort of problematic. I would agree with uh, most of your other other points as far as positives, but what what about the negatives in this game? Well, the well, offensive line is still a train wreck. It's Michael um, Dieter. What What's up with that? He's not good, and Jesse Davis isn't good, and Jamarcus Webb isn't good. Maybe they're all uh, Jeremy Turnstile. Well, yeah. <laughs> we just got a bunch of we, – we traded Laramie Turnstile. We traded Laramie and just got a bunch of Jeremys. This is essentially what we did. There's just not anything there. You're hoping out of this whole season that – You've got maybe two or three long-term answers, and honestly, that's probably wishful thinking at this point. Obviously, you signed Jesse Davis, but I think the hope there with Jesse Davis is that, you know, worst case scenario, you've got him, you, 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 you've got to start him at, at tackle, but I think the ideal situation with Jesse Davis is that he goes back to being your kind of your swing tackle or, you know, a swing guard. They just they know that he's a piece that they want to keep around long term. And that's why they extended him. But this guy's not a starting tackle in this league. It's just no, he's not. He's not a swing tackle. He's not a swing guard. He's more of a swing set. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but he just, he can't handle a speed rush. I think he is better probably suited to play one of the guard positions, but we just don't have anything at tackle. I, I, I'd be interested to see if Jesse Davis does end up moving inside at some point. We saw Isaiah Prince, uh, a couple weeks ago play pretty well. So with Jesse Davis really struggling, I wonder, uh, if, if Prince ends up getting a shot and, you know, with Dieter struggling, if we don't end up pushing, pushing uh, Davis inside and, and playing Prince on the outside, just to kind of see if there's a difference there, if there's any kind of improvement as a whole on the offensive line, or even just in Jesse Davis, just to kind of evaluate where he's best suited to play, because he's going to be here because we gave him an extension. So it does behoove us to figure out where his best position is. Of course, you know, if you move him inside, then what do you do with Dieter? Does that mean Dieter goes to the bench? Uh, Evan Bain has been probably your best offensive lineman so far this season. Uh, Kilgore, aside from the terrible snap that he had on the third down play in the fourth quarter, you know, he's better than than Dieter at center. So does that mean Dieter that then gets benched? Uh, you know, I, there's a lot to, to figure out, but I think we're going to continue to see this offensive line get shuffled throughout the year. 
And they're just going to try to figure things out on the fly. And that's what this season is all about. Like we said before going into it, it's a 16-game it's a preseason. We're about a third of the way through. Uh, there, are, there have been incremental improvements. But by and large, this is still a very bad football team. And there are very few bright spots. Um, but you just hope that as the season goes on, there are more and more bright spots. But not so many so that we end up winning football games. What are we going to do with Jakeem Grant? What is the deal with Jakeem Grant? We extended well, him. Well, he, he was injured. He was inactive for this game. Oh, he was inactive for this game. Yeah, he had a hamstring uh, that he, you know, he he was inactive. But it's I don't it's know a how I missed that. I don't know how yeah, I missed it, that because I was like, what? Where is he? Yeah, well, well that, I was a little surprised. Yeah, I was a little surprised about it too when I saw that Preston Williams was returning kicks, and I'm like, "Well, what are we paying Jakeem Grant for?" But then, yeah, I saw he was he was a late scratch uh, with a hamstring thing. Um, but but it's a fair question because Jakeem Grant is a guy that we extended, and he's been bad. Uh, and he has, he's been a non-factor as a receiver. He's been a non-factor as a return. In fact, he's been negative as both because he's muffed two punts. He's dropped passes. He hasn't done anything, uh, anything positive really. So, um, it's, it's an important question to ask is where does Jakeem Grant fit into this thing? Because, uh, look, when you're, when you're one of the other things that you got to evaluate this season is not just the players on the field. Well, it's the players on the field, but what are the you know who chooses these players? It's Chris Greer. Chris Greer has a war chest of picks, and we've talked about at length about how it doesn't guarantee anything, but it stacks the deck in your favor. Well. We got to make sure that we've got the right guy to utilize these picks. And right now, let's look at the Dolphins draft class from this past year. And let's look at some of the decisions that they've made. First off, let's talk about the extensions. Jesse Davis looks like garbage. Jakeem Grant looks like garbage. Now let's look at the draft from this year. Christian Wilkins all right, yeah, he's he's been disappointing, but you can make a case. All right, he's getting better every week. Maybe you know, and they're using him in a way that you know maybe the untrained eye doesn't see necessarily what he's doing. Regardless, I I, I think you'd expect him to be more of an impact player. I don't think anybody is just wowed right now at the Christian Wilkins pick. Michael Dieter, obviously, we used our second round pick on Josh Rosen. That's not looking very good. Uh, our third round pick, Michael Dieter, that's not looking very good. Um, our fourth round pick hasn't, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle, he hasn't been on the field. Uh, then you've got Isaiah Prince has gotten in. Miles Gaskin is on the practice squad or is he even on the practice squad anymore? I don't know. So you start to look at this draft and you say, well, this was a pretty, te- this is looking like a pretty terrible draft class. And then you take a look and you say, well, who are some other guys that he drafted? And you say, oh, well, Kalen Balaj was supposed to have a breakout. Yeah, Kalen Balaj is about to get cut. He's completely fallen off the face of the earth. I'm starting to wonder uh, if Chris Greer is safe going into this next season because it's a very, imp- it's very important for us to figure out what we've got 
who we have evaluating the talent and making these picks because we have so many of them. This next draft is going to set the foundation for this franchise for the next five to 10 years. It is a huge offseason and how Chris Greer performs in it is, as you said, going to be very, very telling. And so hopefully that's the thing that a lot of people are struggling struggling with is that those who are hopeful are ready to put their hopes in with Brian Gre- or Chris Greer and, and hope that he can get it done. And those who are a bit more skeptical are nervous in spite. That's why I think a lot of the people who are against tanking are a little skeptical about it because why should they trust that this organization is going to get anything right? As far as the draft goes, how it all plays out remains to be seen. But one thing is for sure, the same old Dolphin show will be here watching it along with you and determining as ever whether this is something new or if these are in fact still the same old Dolphins. That is going to wrap us up for this episode of the show. Brain, maybe you can tell the people where they can find you. Maybe you could find me every now and then tweeting my thoughts on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And of course, I am at Amplified to Rock. The show is at Same Old Dolphin. So we invite you, if you haven't already, to give us a follow. We welcome some new followers this week. We appreciate all of you joining the conversation with us. Um, as ever, every episode of the Same Old Dolphin show is available on dolphinstalk.com, which is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So make sure to visit the website every single day. Of course, you can also find the podca- podcast on Apple Podcasts, where we invite you to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. We appreciate those of you who have done that so far. It is really helpful to us. And of course, the podcast is available in all kinds of other places, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Luminary, just about Google Play, anywhere we can get podcasts. You can find our show. If there is somewhere that you'd like podcasts that we are not currently located, we will see what we can do to get on that platform. Just drop us a line. Let us know. Don't forget our Facebook page, facebook.com slash same old dolphins, where every show, every episode of the show is posted. And we've occasionally got some other thoughts and articles posted over there as well. So that is everything for this episode of the show. We'll be back later this week to preview the dolphins trip up my way up to Buffalo. Not that I live in Buffalo, but I live closer to Buffalo than I do to South Florida at the moment. And that's just fine. But we'll be back to preview that game later on this week. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami!